This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. Here's the big question. Who gets to decide when it comes to bodily integrity? Where does one draw the line over whose rights are worthy of protecting? And how do present-day legal battles over bodily autonomy, privacy, vaccine mandates, the death penalty, and abortion play into future discussions about singularity, artificial intelligence, cloning, and the privacy rights of the individual in the face of increasingly invasive, intrusive, and unavoidable government technologies? Caught up in the heated debate over the legality of abortion, we fail to think about what's coming next. Get ready, because it could get scary, ugly, and overwhelming really fast. Thus far, abortion politics have largely revolved around who has the right to decide, the government or the individual, when it comes to body autonomy, the right to privacy in one's body, sexual freedom, and the rights of the unborn. In 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Roe v. Wade, that the 14th Amendment's Due Process Clause provides for a right to privacy that assures a woman's right to abort her pregnancy within the first two trimesters. Since that landmark ruling, abortion has been so politicized, polarized, and propagandized as to render it a major frontline battle in the culture wars. Fifty years later, in the case of Dobbs versus Jackson women's health organizations, the Supreme Court is poised to revisit whether the Constitution, namely the 14th Amendment, truly provides the right to an abortion. No matter how the Supreme Court rules in Dobbs, it will not resolve the problem of a culture that values life based on a sliding scale. Nor will it help us navigate the moral, ethical, and scientific minefields that await us as technology and humanity move ever closer to a point of singularity. Here's what I know. Life is an inalienable right. By allowing the government to decide who or what is deserving of rights, it shifts the entire discussion from one in which we are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, that of life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, to one in which only those favored by the government get to enjoy such rights. If all people are created equal, then all lives should be equally worthy of protection. There is an idea embraced by the right and the left according to their biases that there is a hierarchy to life, with some lives worthier of protection than others. Out of that mindset is born the seeds of eugenics, genocide, slavery, and war. There is no hierarchy of freedoms. All freedoms hang together. Freedoms cannot be a piecemeal venture. As Cardinal Bernadine warns, to have a consistent ethic of life means that all threats to life must be viewed as immoral. And I'm quoting here. Nuclear war threatens life on a previously unimaginable scale. Abortion takes life daily on a horrendous scale. Public ex executions are fast becoming weekly events in the most advanced technological society in history. And euthanasia is now openly discussed and even advocated. Each of these assaults on life has its own meaning and morality. They cannot be collapsed into one problem, but they must be confronted as pieces of a larger pattern. Unquote. Beware of slippery slopes. To suggest that the end justifies the means, for example, that abortion is justified, 
in order to ensure a better quality of life for women and children, is to encourage a slippery slope mindset that could just as reasonably justify ending a life in order for the great good of preventing war, thwarting disease, defeating poverty, preserving national security, and so on. Such arguments have been used in the past to justify such dubious propositions as subjecting segments of the population to secret scientific experiments, unleashing nuclear weapons on innocent civilians, and enslaving our fellow humans. Beware of double standards. As the Fuhrer surrounding COVID-19 vaccine makes clear, the debate over bodily autonomy and privacy goes beyond the singular right to abortion. Indeed, as vaccine mandates have been rolled out, long-held positions have been reversed. Many of those who historically opposed the government's usurping a woman's right to body autonomy and privacy have no qualms about supporting vaccine mandates that trample upon those very same rights. Similarly, those who historically look to the government to police what a woman does with her body believe the government should have no authority to dictate whether or not one opts to get vaccinated. What's next? Up until now, we have largely focused the privacy debate in the physical realm as it relates to abortion rights, physical searches of our persons and property, and our communications. Yet humanity is being propelled at warp speed into a whole new frontier when it comes to privacy, bodily autonomy, and what it means to be a human being. We haven't even begun to understand how to talk about these new realms, let alone establish safeguards to protect against abuses. Humanity itself hangs in the balance. Remaining singularly human and retaining your individuality and dominion over yourself mind, body, and soul, in the face of corporate and government technologies that aim to invade, intrude, monitor, manipulate, and control us may be one of the greatest challenges before us. Clearly, we are rapidly moving into the post-human era, one in which humans will become a new type of being through singularity, a marriage of sorts between machine and human beings in which artificial intelligence and the human brain will merge to form a superhuman mind. Transhumanism, the fusing of machines and people, will continue to grow. All this indicates a new path forward for large corporations and government entities that want to achieve absolute social control of us. It's slavery in another form. Yet we must never stop working to protect life, preserve our freedoms, and maintain some semblance of our humanity. Abortion, vaccine mandates, transhumanism, and on and on, these are all points along the continuum. Even so, there will be others. For instance, analysts are speculating whether artificial intelligence, which will eventually dominate all emerging technologies, could come to rule the world and enslave human beings. How will a world dominated by artificial intelligence redefine what it means to be human and exercise free will? Scientists say the world's first living robots can now reproduce. What rights are these living organisms entitled to? For that matter, what about clones? There are ethical dilemmas without any clear-cut answers. Yet one thing's certain, and I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, The Eric Blair Diaries, putting the power to determine who gets to live or die in the hands of the government is a dangerous place to start. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. 
To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.